Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Where's the guru? Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. Happy Wednesday, and what a Wednesday it is. You know what kind of Wednesday it is, Vinny? It's a whole you fat Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we got going on today. I like it. I didn't see that one coming. You didn't? I thought there was going to be something about Ass Dragon or something like that. No, 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 no. We've got Luca Doncic back in town. Welcome back to Phoenix, Luca. Welcome back, Luca. (laughs) Hope it's great for you. (laughs) Not that great. No, no. No, we've uh, we've got opening night for the Phoenix Suns tonight. It's 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 quite something. We have been so immersed in Cardinal drama for so long. It's good to have drama from another team. Yes, <laughs> I, I, you're, you, you kind of forgot that we are sort of dive bombing into a team that left us with nothing but drama, right? Yes. And here's to a drama-free evening. Hey, regardless of what happens over the next forty-eight hours mm-hmm. or so. Pretty cool. We get we get a season opener tonight, nationally televised, yeah. and then Thursday night football, nationally televised. Uh, can you even say nationally televised if it's on Amazon anymore? It's somewhere on the tube. Internetly televised. If Jackie the Jet can get it. Jackie and the Jet can get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Bless. But that's pretty cool. Like, uh, your spotlight on Arizona no, for two, no, nights, I know. So two straight nights. How's your anxiety level about this game? I know it's kind of got you on edge a little bit. Uh, tonight's game? Yeah. Um. It's it's at a healthy level right now. Okay. I imagine it about. <laughs> you hear the shake in that voice. Some, um, I am not sure how this is going to go. I don't know if I will have PTSD uh, because yeah, l- the last time we saw these two teams play, it seems like years ago. It was May, um, and it was it was a traumatic experience for this whole city. Let's, yeah. let's oh, not no let's doubt. not sugarcoat it. No, that you can't. And as much as you want to say this is just a stupid opening game, there's a lot that gets folded into this game. Yep. A lot. Yes. This is Devin Booker, Luka Doncic. It's that meme. It's it's all of it. Mm-hmm. It's all of it. I do wonder if beyond tonight, though, how the regular season will feel after the last couple of years. If each game will sort of get you as excited or hurt as much because you know sort of the end goal is you need to get back to the playoffs. The goal is to make it seem like a very long regular season because in my opinion that means the Suns are winning a lot of games and you're just like, all right, let's get through this. If they struggle, which they could have some bumps in the road this year, I think we're, I think the fan base is more conditioned right now to be a little bit overreactionary. 
You think? Because there's been so much winning the last two years. Yeah, and, and I do think there's obvious danger. If you lose tonight, it's probably a really bad look. If you win tonight, it's momentary revenge. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. There's this is going to be fun. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, and then we're going to wake up tomorrow and we're going to have a football game of enormous consequence. So let's get it started, Ferret. The splash, splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, it is opening night for the Phoenix Suns. Last year's best regular season NBA team hosting the Dallas Mavericks at Footprint Center. For those with short or selective memories, it was the Mavericks who eliminated the Suns from the playoffs last May, ending their hopes for a first franchise championship with a devastating 123-90 win in Game 7 in the Western Conference Semifinals. Neither team identical to what we saw in those playoffs. No. Suns added Damian Lee, Jock Landell, Josh Okogie, Dwayne Washington Jr. Mavericks added Christian Wood, former Suns center JaVale McGee. Suns will not have the services of guard Landry Shamit. Still recovering from a hip strain suffered in the preseason. Catch all the action on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7 beginning with pregame at 6.30. Uh, Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. Suns, Mavs, just one of 12 games on the NBA schedule tonight. How about it? Yeah. Uh, We got two games on the schedule last night. Season got underway in Boston. Celtics beat Philadelphia 126-117. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown each had 35 uh, in the win for the Celtics. We saw Joel Embiid in mid-season flopping form. It was fantastic. Uh, then the Golden State Warriors raised their banner. They got their championship rings and started defense of their title with a 123-109 win over LeBron James and the Lakers. Steph Curry led the way with 33 for yeah. Golden State. Russell Westbrook like looks like he's in a good mood already this season. Yeah. He got to start after he blamed uh, getting hurt on coming off the bench yeah. in five minutes I, I, in the last preseason I, I, game. I don't know how to get warm when I'm coming off the bench. I've done the same thing for 14 years. Joke. What a pro, huh? Yeah, how about it? Uh, Cardinals just a day away from their annual Thursday night football appearance. They'll host the New Orleans Saints tomorrow night at State Farm Stadium. On Tuesday, the team signed kicker Rodrigo Blankenship to the practice squad as Matt Prater's availability for Week 7 remains a question. Blankenship opened the season with the Colts but was released. Least after week one, he missed a 42-yard field goal in overtime that would have given Indianapolis a win over Houston. Instead, they instead they settled for a 2020 tie, and that was unacceptable. You got to go, Rodrigo. But now he's here. Guard Cody Ford was also designated for return. Ford, who was acquired from the Buffalo Bills in preseason, can begin practicing and can return to the 53-man roster at any time during the next 21 days. That would be a welcome return with Justin Pugh out for the year. That would be that. That's the return that I think. Has- has a chance of really helping this team because of because of the state of their offensive line. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that's that's beneficial going into this game. Obviously, secondary to the return of DeAndre Hopkins, yep. but that's still a big deal. Baltimore Ravens signing wide receiver Deshaun Jackson to a contract. He'll be playing for his sixth team in his fifteenth season. Split last season with Vegas and L.A. with the Rams. Twenty catches, four hundred fifty-four yards, two touchdowns. How long has Deshaun Jackson been in the league? He caught a touchdown pass in the NFC Championship game against the Cardinals in 2009. Smokes. (laughs) He was in. He was in college. Was he on that team with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, No, I don't believe. Aaron Rodgers came out in the 04 draft. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh. so yeah, I don't think he was there yet. Uh, hey, look, the NFL adding another featured game on its schedule for 2023. The league will hold a Black Friday game the day after Thanksgiving next year. It'll be streamed on Amazon, and it's expected to kick off at 1 o'clock Arizona time. That'll be in addition to the triple header the league holds on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Got enough football yeah, that weekend? Right? right? Correct. Actually, I don't mind that. Oh. 2005 draft for Aaron Rodgers. 2000, okay. Yeah. 2004 season was his last. Anywho. But Deshaun still wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yankees punched their ticket to the American League Championship Series with a 5-1 win in the deciding Game 5 of the ALDS with uh, the Cleveland Guardians. Giancarlo Stanton crushed a three-run homer in the first inning. Aaron Judge added a solo shot in the second. Yankees cruised to a victory and now making a record 18th ALCS appearance. In Game 1 of the National League Championship Series in San Diego, the Philly pitching staff completely shut down the Padres' bats. One hit in a 2-0 Game 1 win. Kyle Schwarber hit a moonshot. Mercy. 488-foot home run. Uh, Bryce Harper added a solo shot. Okay, twice this postseason, Kyle Schwarber and Jordan Alvarez have hit home runs that you can't even see come off the bat. Yeah. That one, Schwarber was 120 miles per hour off the it's, bat. You, you can't even track it. No. Crazy. Did yeah, you see that Bryce was, Harper's response to that? I did. It was just fabulous, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, he, he picked a good time to get hot, too. Yeah, Zach Wheeler allowed just a, uh, a one-out single to Will Myers in the fifth inning. That was it for the Padres. Postseason doubleheader on tap today. Padres host the Phillies in Game one of the uh, game 2 of the NLCS at Petco Park. Blake Snell against Aaron Nola. Good pitching matchup. That game gets underway at 135 Arizona time. That'll be followed by Game 1 of the ALCS in Houston. No rest for the Yankees. Plenty of rest for the Astros. Uh, Justin Verlander against Jamison Tyon, 437 first pitch there. This is a very stupid observation, but I know you're going to feel it because you're a uniform kind of guy. This Philly Padres thing is not working for me. The color combination of these uniforms. Red and white against brown and yellow. It's not working for me. What can brown do for you, Vic? <laughs> By the way. Doesn't it strike you kind of odd? No? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't it's get not... a chance to watch that game. I was, yeah, okay. I was doing other stuff last night, but yeah, it's not... Brown and yellow doesn't match with much. It looks good on its own, I think. But okay. uh, the Astros, by the way, making their sixth consecutive ALCS appearance. And you want to talk about two different routes to get here? Yeah. The Astros have played three baseball games in two weeks. That's right. Because they got How the bye. It? They they swept Seattle. And they've just been sitting around waiting for the Yankees. That w- and we've talked about this. That three-game sweep of Seattle is probably the closest three-game sweep you'll ever see. Yes. And, and granted, it, and was it was three four games. It was three games, yeah, but right. you know, game exactly three was two right. games long. Three-game sweep in four games. Yeah, and according to Golf Week, the uh, Waste Management WM Phoenix Open won a four tournaments on the PGA Tour that will receive elevated status for 2023, meaning the tour's biggest stars will be guaranteed to attend as the purse will be increased to at least $20 million. Along with the WM Phoenix Open, the RBC Heritage, Wells Fargo Championship, and Travelers Championship will be those first four elevated. So the big question then becomes, does this mean Tiger will be coming back at some point? Maybe. If they said the biggest stars, he's still the biggest star. He is. He hasn't played in, in Scottsdale a lot. Where does it fall in relation to the Super Bowl this year? Where does it fall in relation to the Super Bowl? It's right it's, up it's against the same, it. It's oh, the yeah. same weekend again. Oh, it's going to yeah. be, it's this year's tournament. So going to be monstrous. All the ingredients oh, to yeah. be just a record oh, yeah. setting. It's all in place. We'll get there. Uh, that is your splash for Wednesday, October 19th. Coming up.
Cardinals getting a big piece of their offense back. How much can number 10 DeAndre Hopkins help them right off the bat? We'll get into it next. It's Pickley Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM. The local sports leader. Pickley and Murata. Dan Pickley and Vince Murata. Pickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. It feels different. Obviously, I haven't been able to really participate in everything. So being out there, running routes, catching balls, feels good. That's DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, officially back. We will see him in uniform on the field, which has not been a frequent occurrence uh, of, of recent memory to see DeAndre Hopkins available. Um, it, it's weird, Bick, because DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, you want to get him back. He is your, He's your best receiver. I think it's been determined he's their most important offensive piece, not named Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. So this is coming at a perfect time for an offense that is really struggling. Two games in their last four without an offensive touchdown. But... That could add a lot of pressure to things right off the bat. This is, a, I mean, Dave Passion and, and, and Wolf last week on and the tail end of that broadcast both called tomorrow night a must win for the Arizona Cardinals, and it might be. It kind of feels that way, yeah. doesn't it? Not only is it a must win in terms of just kind of staying uh, within arm's length of of the playoff periphery, but just for all the pressure on this offense and on this head coach and on this quarterback and 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 all of the negativity that is swirling everywhere. This is going to be. This is going to be a moment on the brink for the football team. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I think the return of DeAndre Hopkins, um, it's it's very comforting, at least from the standpoint that his presence on a football field does do something good for Kyler Murray. You, you can't debate that. We've seen that. Now, DeAndre Hopkins in his first year with the Cardinals was sensational. He was okay last year before getting hurt, but he gives... He gives Kyler Murray that kind of target that he can kind of lock in on. That he doesn't have to look over the whole field. He he can. It, it's it doesn't speak all that well about Kyler's ability to see the whole field. But you, but you can't get around yeah. the fact that that DeAndre Hopkins gives him something of a comfort zone. On that subject of pressure and whether or not he feels it, DeAndre Hopkins met with the media yesterday and was asked that very question. Do you feel pressure coming back in the situation that this offense is in? I like pressure. Pressure's always been something that I've thrived in, you know, so um, I don't really, you know, look at it as pressure. I look at it as an opportunity, you know, for more eyes to see what I can do, honestly, you know. Um, but now I don't really worry about the negative stuff or, you know, the, the, all that stuff. Now I'm going to go out and play my game, and I know what I can do when I'm on the football field. DeAndre Hopkins has played, going back to last year and including the playoffs, he's played in only two of the Cardinals' last 16 games because of injury and suspension. In the 14 games that he's missed, mm-hmm. and Kyle Odegaard ran these numbers on Twitter yesterday, the Cardinals are 5-9, and nine, and they're averaging 19.4 points wow. per game. Wow. When he's on the field, 8-2. Yeah. and two, with an average of 30.2 points per doesn't game. make a lot of sense to people that an offense would be that reliant on a wide receiver. That's it's it's a hard thing to kind of reconcile. Not when you're supposed to be in a dynamic offense. Yeah, well, yes. exactly, exactly. I mean, if you had a great wide receiver and everything else was just kind of average, you know, you had an average quarterback and, and well, we might have an average quarterback at the end of it all. We're going to find out. But but I do think that it's it's not the healthiest of things. But that is not of of concern this Thursday. Getting that victory is what's of paramount concern. I, I do believe it is something of a must win. If you're 2-5 and five going into that long break, I don't know where this football team goes from there. I don't know. And, and they're getting an opponent in the New Orleans Saints 
the number of teams that are really banged up, the Saints are right at the top of that list. I mean, they don't know who's going to yeah. play quarterback nope. for them tomorrow night. Um, they could be down to their third guy. Uh, but going back to the quarterback position for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, he spoke to the media yesterday, too, talked about having uh, his favorite target back and how it can help fix things. No, I don't, I don't think it, it's not. It's just not, you know, it doesn't. It's not a miracle thing that just, you know, everything's, you know, gone. We still got things we got to be better at. Still got things we need to fix. Obviously, having him back definitely helps. Um, but we still got to be better in all the areas that we're, you know, not good in right now. That's the other strange thing is is you get a totally different look to your receiving core this week. With Hopkins coming back, Yeah, how much do they fold in Robbie Anderson? Does he become the number two option right away? That's probably doubtful. If not him, are you relying more on Rondell Moore? Is AJ Green become you know? Does he become a factor for the first time this year? Is Greg Dortch a guy that we've wondered? What a Dortch! What a Dortch! Where's he been? Does he get an opportunity? There's a whole lot of moving parts in that receiving core right mm-hmm. now, so that, that that might complicate things. I don't I don't know what to expect uh, tomorrow night. Can I, can I tell you what to expect? What? Seventy uh, percent targets to DeAndre Hopkins on the left side. Uh-huh. On the left side, twenty uh-huh. percent targets to Zach Ertz. And then maybe one pass to each of the other receivers. Well, you you would think there would be. Uh, you would think the Saints are going to double him up at times. I mean, wouldn't you? If you were the New Orleans Saints, the Saints coming into this year were supposed to have one of the better defenses in the NFL. They have not played up to that at all. Like you said, they've they've got a lot of injuries, mostly on the offensive side mm-hmm. with some of their skill players. But defensively, they were supposed to be one of the premier units in the NFL. That has not been the case. No, they've played in a couple of shootouts already yeah. this year. Yeah, uh, been on the wrong side of those shootouts too. Uh, Here's more from uh, DeAndre Hopkins. After almost a year off, all told, is he itching to prove uh, that he's still got it? I know I still got it. But no, I mean, I don't itch to get out there. You know, I think people are more nervous than me being out there, my opponent, you know, than me being nervous. I've been in the NFL for 10 years. Um, I've been productive every year. Whatever quarterback is throwing me the ball. So uh, I've never had a concern or worry. Um, I think it was December, so it was probably about nine, ten months, something like that. But, uh, nah, if anything, I think it helped me save some uh, some years on my on my career on the back end. That's one way to look at it. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Expecting him, though, to be at a Pro Bowl level after not playing a football game in how long? It's been a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, right? I mean, it, it was two different injuries, too. Mm-hmm. The first three games that he missed coincided with Kyler Murray's absence, and the Cardinals handled that beautifully. They won two yeah, of three with Colt true. McCoy. Uh, they played really, in those two wins, really what I would call responsible football. They got out to leads, and they were able to coast and kind of impose their will offensively. But then you know, he got hurt in that Rams game and was gone for the rest of the year. And then six games on top of that. It's got to feel, it, it's almost got to feel like coming back as a rookie. I, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is a 10-year veteran. You heard him say it, but... When you're watching your team struggle that much, you feel bad being out anyway, uh, especially for yeah. the reasons yeah. that he did. But yes. it's got to be really hard to watch. And, I, and how about yeah. DeAndre Hopkins' comments yesterday, too, that he'll have more about his suspension and what they were able to find out after the year is over. Did, what did you make of that? I, I don't make anything of it. I, I Again, it, it's the suspension has been served. I, I really I don't know where this thing could be going, to be honest with you. Uh, because what good is it going to do us now? 
Right. How does that change anything? And if yeah, it has the information, back. if it has the information, why wait till the end of the season? Yeah. Why? Are, I, I, don't, I don't understand any of that. I really don't. But I do hope you hit on something that I do hope. I do hope that there's a feeling of in DeAndre Hopkins that I I need to come out and really be an impact player Thursday night because I owe it to this group because I put this group in a bad whether or not I meant to. I put this group in a in a bad situation, mm-hmm. and when you look at this offense and how they've struggled, I hope he, I hope he owns some of that. Not all of it, but I hope he owns some of it, and I hope you see that kind of that kind of vibe from him Thursday night. Yeah, play with your hair on fire. Team needs you, obviously. We are going prime time this week as we're giving you the chance to win tickets to both the Suns' home opener tonight and Thursday night football tomorrow. Just text prime time to six twenty six twenty, and then listen for your name to be called. We'll call out one name per show all day today. Uh, plus, one lucky winner each day will win their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. Once again, you get in by text. Prime time to 620-620. Coming up next, Phoenix Suns in action tonight to start their season against the team that knocked them out of the playoffs. But don't call it a revenge game. We'll get into that next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns Day presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. One, two, three, four. And the Dallas Mavericks have defeated the Suns handily, 123-90. to A huge victory for Coach Jason Kidd and this Dallas ball club, 123-90. to That was May 15th, 2022. The legendary Al McCoy on the final call of a weird Game 7 that will live in Phoenix sports history. Five months That's later, the Suns get it. to tip it up tonight against the team that inflicted that pain on them, the Dallas Mavericks, on their home floor. So I, it, it's impossible to get past that whole storyline, Bick, of, oh, yeah, you got to get your revenge. you got to win this game. Does it put more importance on the season opener? This is an important season opener for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, The Suns had a curious offseason, and I think I'm being kind when I use the word curious as an adjective there. Yeah, you are. Um, it's, it was a strange offseason. Uh, they have a lot of questions to answer with the personnel that's on this team, with the personnel that's not currently with this team, and all those psychological effects of what that oh, game yeah. and that seven game series against Dallas put on them. Look at the look at it this way. So as so, I, and I look at it from the framework of what's going to be different about this basketball team. Clearly, the vibe of this team is going to be different. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened, and, and you could say maybe this team is going to be a little more jaded than they've been in the past because a good core of them have dealt with the business side of basketball and not necessarily in a good way. Mikhail Bridges is coming in off uh, in off an off season in which he was frequently mentioned in trade rumors and he's acknowledged that and he's 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 stated publicly how bad he wants to be here. So he went through that. DeAndre Ayton is coming off a year where he well we all know what happened with him and his contract. He finally got paid um, and there's all that weirdness that once existed between him and Monty and I think DeAndre's kind of uh, not reconciled it. I think he's kind of looked at it and realized, okay, this is my new reality. And then, of course, you've got Cam 
Johnson, who who did not get his rookie extension, and we're gonna see. We're gonna see. I know, Jared. I forgot to say Cam first thing this morning. I I messed up. No, I forgot we about. Could it still too. do like a three and a half hour. We we can, uh, well, it's it's not the, not the same. same. It's, it's not the same. Dang and, it! And, and now you wonder how Cam Johnson really feels about what he went through. It's it's interesting to hear some of the residue. How Mikael Bridges was shocked that he didn't get paid, and yet how Cam Johnson has recognized this weird ownership dynamic that's in place now has kind of been an obstacle uh-huh. and so you, you put all that together that's 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 a team that is it, this is not a wide-eyed innocent everything is great kind of mentality anymore and maybe that's not a bad thing we're it, gonna find out it's you, not i mean there's in, in terms of the expectations last year at this time on the phoenix suns there's very little the Suns are kind of like, oh yeah, they're still good, but they, you know, their windows closed. That's at least a thought yeah. process. Yeah. And you mentioned the word vibes, Bick. Mikel Bridges was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday here on Arizona Sports, and they asked him, "Hey, should people be worried about the vibes with this team?" Not at all. No, not at all. I feel like, yeah, it was that stretch, you know, with nine nine, you know, not not being here, and then everything else that was going on. But that was just just that part. But then once we was on the court and we was playing and then being around each other every day and then realizing, you know, season's here and going through training camp, everything is just blossomed and we're all having fun again. And just, just, we're all excited. Just We're all back, man. We're all, you can feel everybody in the, the whole facility, everybody from the chefs to us on the court, everybody's really amped. Yeah. Um, and Mikael Bridges, you mentioned it. He was he was talked about a lot. Oh, yeah. That name was floated out there as a real attractive trade piece around the NBA. Didn't move. They are back. How well can they brush everything off from day one is a question. And one thing about Mikael, Cam, DeAndre Ayton, they seemingly do really, really like each other and really like Mm -hmm. playing with each other. Mm -hmm. So maybe because of that, they can brush off all the outside stuff and all the other stuff because once they get on the court, they really do enjoy each other. The one thing I am interested in is how the bench looks. Because the bench was already uh-huh. needed to be improved, and yes. they didn't do it, and then they lost their best bench player. Yeah. Well, as Vinny said, the the fact that Landry Shamet is not playing tonight, this is this is going to be a very early opportunity for our guy Dwayne Washington Jr. Yeah, he's going to get some minutes he's tonight. Get some minutes. Is it ideal for the team not to have? Because this is a big year for Shamet. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of eyeballs on oh, him. Yeah. He was not great last year. He's a, a lot better than what he put out there. Um, so, yeah, uh, th- th- I think that's a very valid question. In terms of, I, I read two things this morning um, to talk about expectations. 538.com actually has 11 teams in the NBA that they consider with a 5% or better chance to win the NBA title, which is a ridiculous number. If you if you consider the recent history of the NBA, mm-hmm. there's usually two or three teams you can pinpoint at the beginning of the year and say one of those teams is going to win a title. They've got 11 teams with at least a 5% chance. The Suns are wow. in there. But um, the Ringer had a piece today, uh, you know, increasingly bold NBA predictions. Their number 16 prediction, the Phoenix Suns will trade Chris Paul. 
Phoenix very, uh, very well might be a team already in transition. That doesn't mean they'll blow everything up and join the Wembenyama sweepstakes, but for a team that reached the finals two years ago and was a heavy favorite to return last spring, high expectations make identifying the right decision a challenge. Paul's contract isn't super onerous unless he falls off a cliff. He's due $28.4 million this year, and then only half of next season's salary is guaranteed before no guaranteed money in 2024-2025. But one of these days, Paul's game is brilliant as it was, shepherding a 64-win team and leading the league in assists for the fifth time, may indeed fall off that cliff. That's a question to keep an eye on right now. The last five games we saw from Chris Paul in that series, something wasn't right. We don't know exactly what it, all of, of what went into that, right. but there is speculation, too, that you know Father Time is undefeated. How, how much does he have in the tank for another 82-game grind? Well, and it, one of the things that changed for the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs last year was Jason Kidd decided to really make him work hard on both sides of the ball, and that sort of kind of d- d- dovetailed into all of that. Because if, if Chris Paul was the guy that, that had COVID-19, and I've had a source tell me that it was, mm-hmm. and, and that's what your eyes would seem to suggest if you watch the end of that Dallas series. What Jason Kidd did to him is is on that side of the ledger that speaks to a point guard getting up there in age. It, it really is unbelievable how everything changed the moment he turned 37 years of age. But that's that's kind of a thing. And it's people are going to be looking at that tonight. So, you know, it, it will, will Chris Paul, starting tonight, get relief on initiating the offense? Will there be uh, other dudes initiating the offense? Offense for the Phoenix Suns tonight. I, I, we'll be playing 38 minutes a night still. I don't think that's the case. And to Bix's question, I think we will see, you know, very generous samples of that. Yeah, starting tonight. Yeah, right, and it's it's so, so. I think that I think there does have to be a plan in place for that because even though I firmly believe this basketball team has been has been toppled by some things that have been out of their control, that this is really not to me a story of a tryhard, good regular season team that is not built to win in the postseason. I do not believe that, but I do. But I do have to acknowledge, and everybody has to acknowledge. You cannot assume Chris Paul is going to be there for you all throughout the postseason, because for whatever reason, that has been mm-hmm. his history. Yes, and so you know, and so what does that mean? It means it obviously means that that campaign is going to have to be really good this year, and and I think he might have that in him. We're going to find out. He's a, he's a guy that lives and plays well when that chip is on his shoulder. Yes, and we've, and, and we've right. seen him be and good. We've seen that, and we've seen him be an emotional leader, and we've yes. seen him struggle too. Yes. This is a big year for him as well. It is, and so there's going to be a lot of overreaction from tonight's game. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be that's going to probably Probably seem a little silly in a few weeks, but but it is what it is tonight. You can, you can't avoid. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be into the mix tonight. You're right, and it would be really good, I think, for the fan base. I, I think the Suns are going to put a real good performance on the floor. I, I, I think we're all fearful of, of the opposite happening. I don't think it will, but I think there's a fear of that happening. We're giving you the chance to win tickets to see undefeated international superstar Jake Paul as he takes on legendary UFC champion Anderson Silva at Desert Diamond Arena on Saturday, October 29th. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and for your chance to win. Coming up next, we've got our first NFL owner on record talking about the possible removal of another NFL owner. We'll get into that and more next. NFL hash mark straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. 
you know, it's a difficult situation. Um, you know, I believe that there's merit to remove him as owner. I think it's something that uh, we have to review. We have to look at all the evidence, and we have to be thorough in going forward. But, um, you know, I think it's something that has to be given serious consideration to. Unfortunately, I believe that that's the road we probably need to go down, and we just need to finish the investigation. But it's gravely concerning to me um, the things that have occurred there over the last 20 years. That's Jim Ursay, the uh, owner of the Indianapolis Colts, at the owners' meetings yesterday, commenting maybe out of school, <laughs> based on, on reaction, yeah. uh, on his thoughts on the Daniel Snyder situation with the Washington Commanders. We know about the ESPN article that came out that alleged that, that Daniel Snyder had hired private investigators to dig up dirt on other owners as a as a way to maybe keep uh, you know his standing in the league. He's denied that. Uh, he denied that yesterday. Uh, but Ursay is the first guy to speak out on this. So Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the of league, all also uh, spoke yesterday to the media and was asked for his reaction to Ursay's comments on Daniel Snyder. Are you surprised? Are you disappointed that Jim Ursay had strong comments about it? No. How do you like that? How do you feel about it? How do I feel about what? His comments. I just said, and I said it to the membership, speculation without facts is not a very positive thing to do. I think everyone deserves to have facts and to make sure those decisions are made with facts. And the membership will have that opportunity. And then Goodell doubled down. It's an ongoing investigation. Uh, That's what we talked about. There were no interim reports. Uh, We have not gotten interim reports. Uh, We do not provide any because we don't have them. Uh, When Mary Jo White is done with her investigation, we will share that with the membership and share it publicly, as we committed to before. Uh, And I was very clear with them there's no reason for there to be any speculation. at this point in time or discussion until we have the facts. And so that was my message to the ownership. And there was little or no discussion. A, um, I watched a little bit of that press conference. I was disappointed at Roger Goodell's stance that this is all hearsay and speculation. Did you have the final results of an investigation? No, which leads you to ask the question, if you need facts, what's taking so long to get these facts? This has been going on for 20 years. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, Hold that up against what happened with the Robert Sarver situation here in town with the Phoenix Suns, and the NFL, as always, is moving at a glacial pace. Yeah, and I think think what's interesting here is is twofold. Number one, why why is it Jim Ursay who came out and, and spoke up the way he did? Is this an indication that there is a groundswell among the owners that, hey, we have to do this, we gotta call this guy's bluff and kick this guy out of the league? Because keep in mind, Jim Mercy doesn't have the cleanest past himself. No. And, and so so I think it's interesting to me that he is the guy that's, that has stepped up and said, we need to do this. We need to get this guy out of the league. Generally, that doesn't happen. And that first part of that cut from Roger Goodell, he was asked, are you disappointed? He said something. His answer was no. So it's disappointed uh, or surprised. Right. Yeah. Right. But dispo- disappointed was part, it was, of, yeah, it right, was, it was. was part of the question. And, and then then is the follow up answer seemed to be, hey, we don't know what we're, where this thing is going and, and let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But it sure looks to me like they're beginning maybe to circle the proverbial wagons a little bit. I don't know. 
You can't make any judgments until you have all the facts. Right. Well, okay, can we have the facts? No. No. <laughs> we can, can, we, can we have the report? What report? Are you oh, interested you, in collecting the facts? Yeah. No. 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 And recording the facts? No. Yeah. Do you have It'll, Do you have those facts documented? No. Uh, you mean on paper? No. No. The no. report will be done soon. Okay, when? Sounds Nobody like, knows. Sounds like, that, sounds like that owner's meeting was quite something. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't just Jim Irsay, uh, you know, mentioning that we need to get this guy out of the league. Well, there was also a, a vote on the compensation package for Roger Goodell, who, by the way, between 20 and 21, made like $128 million as commissioner. Yeah. So they vote on moving forward for a new deal for Roger Goodell. There was one nay vote, <laughs> and it was Jerry Jones uh-huh. of the Cowboys. And apparently that led to... A bit of a, not a scuffle, but a bit of a confrontation between he and Bob Kraft. You talk about a couple of heavyweights. The the, the happy newlywed was in a bad mood. (laughs) Well, listen, Jerry Jones believes that, like most of us, that Roger Goodell is dramatically overpaid. Why he's the only one is something else to me. That was a 31 to 1 vote. Yeah. And the one guy who is saying no is probably the richest owner in the NFL. Mm. No? Mm. I think uh, I think David Tepper of Carolina is. Okay. Stan Kroenke's up there, too. Okay. But Jones is not far. You know, he's, he's near the top of the okay. list. Who owns yeah. the Seahawks now? Is it still Jody it's, Allen? Yeah, the, it's, the it's Allen Paul Trust. Owns, I mean, that's, yeah, they're that's pretty the well. Yeah. Although, how, how much longer are they going to own that team? Jerry's got all that oil money, man. I don't know. But anyway, so apparently Jerry Jones said, don't bleep with me to Robert Kraft, to which Robert Kraft responded, excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) You talking talking to me? Yeah, right. So it's, listen, so if Daniel Snyder really does have information, if he really did hire an investigator to research his peers and investigate his peers, which would be very on brand for Daniel Snyder, by the way, what's he going to do now? What's the next move? Mm. <laughs> Does that number become more than one? It seems like everybody's so happy with Roger Goodell as commissioner from from an ownership standpoint. He works for them. I get yeah. it. He, well, Jerry Jones is why? Why do we need to pay this guy that much money? Everything is in place. He's not. He, what is he doing for us? Exactly. What is he even doing? What is and, he, and all he does doing? is defer to the owners. Jerry Jones' stance is very much in line with the stance of a lot of football fans. It's like, wow, the NFL has grown by leaps and bounds under Roger Goodell's watch. It's like, when would it not? (laughs) What commissioner would have been in place where it wasn't going to grow? That's exactly right. So, so I think it's interesting. Jim Mercer doubled down. He said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not backing off of this." So, this will be, this will be very interesting to see where this thing goes. Because, because you're right, there is pressure on the NFL to to get this done. Because it's not just the NBA with Robert Sarver; it was the NBA with Robert Sarver and Donald Sterling. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, what, what, do you, what are you guys doing about your issues? Stan Kroenke, $12.9 billion. David Tepper, $16.7 billion. Oof. Jerry Jones, $15.9 billion. Mm. And the Paul Allen family, $20.3 billion. Oh, so it is the Allen family. But I, you never know because he's not alive anymore. So, but I Well, assume. and Jody Allen is kind of, I mean... Owner and I know name she only. Was, she was at the Seahawks game the other day, but um, yeah, it's 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 not a real Boy, man. Involved how, ownership. How right excited now. are you to have a son's owner 
in the double digit billions. I, I, well, do we know that's going to happen? I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. in theory, hopefully. Let's hope. Let's hope. Doesn't mean it's all going to be. Uh, yeah, all, just all be gold, a, Jerry. yeah, just because someone's a billionaire doesn't mean they're mo- looking to spend. In I fact, forget who said it, but mo money, mo problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. heard that before. Something I can't relate Thanks. to. Here's our song of the day. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, there seems to be a lot of talk getting into Thursday Night Football about Cliff Kingsbury's ability to call plays for a struggling offense. Well, the quarterback of the Cardinals had some thoughts on it yesterday. We'll share those and more with you next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings on this Wednesday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.